Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 170 is entitled Some Random Thoughts on Addiction, Part 2. As a precursor to this podcast, let me refer you to Season 3, Podcast 157, Some Random Thoughts on Addiction, Part 1. In Podcast 157, the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, were presented as the spiritual foundation for anyone trying to overcome addictions. As you listen to this podcast, please remember that they are prefaced by the three theological virtues. Unlike its predecessor, Podcast 157, which suggests that overcoming addictions is first spiritual and then temporal, this podcast is more analytical than practical. It is an attempt to understand the driving forces behind the human mind. Science studies the brain with the same intelligence that they study the oceans and outer space. Still, the brain is uncharted territory. It does not give up its secrets easily. Science is ingenious, a fact that is more evident every day. We have computers, the Hubble telescope, space stations. We have put man on the moon and probed the surface of Mars. The search for knowledge drives science. Science is searching for a unified theory of the four forces of nature. Strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, electromagnetic force, and gravity. They call it the holy grail of physics. Science has unified the first three forces, but the great problem that eludes science is how matter clumped together in large enough fields for gravity to form suns, moons, stars, and galaxies. I have no doubt that they will eventually find it as it relates to temporal law. That is the greatest genius of science and its greatest limitation. It is extremely important that we as Christians appreciate the strength of physical science. We need science. However, it is equally important that we understand the limitations of physical science. Science may unify the four forces of nature, but science will never discover the unified theory of everything by confining themselves to the laws of nature. Only by accepting intelligent design can they find the unified theory of everything, for it can only be explained through the power of God. By denying the spiritual world, it is fruitless for science to try to discover the origins of life, the origins of man, or the meaning of existence. Theoretical science has turned the cosmos into Disney World, filled with fantasy. Their conclusions of an accidental universe, of chance, coincidence, accident, or serendipity of circumstances, have created an Alice in Wonderland world. They are so caught up in the structure of their logic that they have blinded themselves to the fact that their foundation is built upon sand. Their fundamental premises are false, making their conclusions meaningless. Their fundamental premises are that there is no God, no intelligent design, no purpose, no absolutes, no immortality and eternal life, and no soul. On the one hand, science needs to stick to temporal law. They are not equipped to discover the secrets of spiritual law. The scientific method works beautifully in the temporal paradigm where accurate prediction is possible. However, they create a dilemma where there is none. All things are governed by law. Law does not allow uncertainty, or it ceases to be law. That is why they can find a unified theory of the temporal forces of nature if they keep searching. Practical science stays on track with the scientific method by necessity. Failure quickly corrects their course. Theoretical science, on the other hand, has abandoned the scientific method. That is how they teach that something can come from nothing. The law doesn't allow it. 
how they teach an accidental universe when law doesn't allow it, how they teach that life begins by accident when law doesn't allow it, how the Goldilocks zone is created by accident when law doesn't allow it. Theoretical science has effectively turned its back on the universal truth that something can never come from nothing. If even one law is broken, then all laws are broken. Life is not a game of Jenga. Theoretical science became lost when it tried to reconcile quantum mechanics and relativity to Newtonian physics. That gave them license to entertain every fantasy, even ignoring the restrictive rules of the scientific method. But leaving science, I want to introduce a principle upon which I base all of my conclusions, and it is this. Everything is first spiritual and second temporal. It cannot be otherwise. If it were otherwise, you would have death creating life and something coming from nothing, neither of which is possible. Now, one cannot be cute and say that in a world of entropy, life comes from death all the time. That is an illusion of nature. Compost feeds life, but death never creates life. All life is first spiritual and next temporal, is a fundamental principle of all creation, even of man, of earth, of the galaxy, and all of its systems. When science reaches maturity, they will discover that all creation is governed by a complete set of laws, like wheels within wheels. Each set of laws is governed by a higher set of laws, all working together under one great whole, and at the top is God, the source of all power and intelligent design. That is the only way the cosmos can work. Anything else would lead to chaos. At present, science is more like the blind men of Hindustan, each only describing a part of the elephant. Individually, they all have some truth, but collectively, they have no understanding of the elephant. In just such a way, science, blinded by false paradigms, describes the cosmos, each with some knowledge, but collectively entirely wrong. For example, some see the body as a machine, therefore they say that man is a machine, and thus has no free will. Some see the body as a robot, therefore they say that man is a robot, and thus has no free will. Some see the body as an animal, therefore they say that man is an animal. Each is partially right, but their conclusions are entirely wrong. Because of their blindness, science is constantly apologizing for the appearance of intelligent design, the appearance of free will, the appearance of God, all of which they collectively deny. Reasoning, no matter how logical the structure, is no stronger than the fundamental premises upon which it is based. If the major premises are wrong, what matters the scaffolding? The truth that everything has a spiritual beginning has enormous implications on how we solve problems relating to the human condition. Just as with the creation of man as described in Genesis, I believe that every new beginning, every new endeavor, every new creation is first spiritual and then temporal, even overcoming addictions. For example, I do not for a moment think that the brain is the source of thought. The brain, like the body, is a perfect machine. The brain and body serve the spirit, and it is the spirit, not the brain, where our intelligence resides. That is why science will never understand the brain. The primary flaw of science is that science does not understand that everything first has a spiritual beginning. That which does not have a spiritual beginning will not endure. Science claims that because the body responds to electronic stimuli, we do not have free will. Well, it would be astonishing indeed if the body did not respond to electrical stimuli, for that is how brain and body communicate. It was designed by God that way. Both brain and body are perfect machines. 
perfectly tuned to the spirit or breath of life. Remember in the story of creation that the body did not become a living soul, in other words, it did not have free will, until God breathed into it the breath of life, in other words, until the spirit was placed in the body. The body may be governed by the brain, but the brain is governed by the spirit. Addiction is when one allows the desires of the flesh to overcome the desires of the spirit. At that time, freedom is lost, and until the spirit regains control, the body will continue to be governed by the desires of the flesh. Overcoming addiction must begin by giving the spirit control over the body. That is why I say overcoming addiction is first spiritual and then temporal. That is also why I suggest that one begins first by working on the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. That is the fundamental principle behind the four podcasts entitled Random Thoughts. The podcasts are not comprehensive. Therefore, I present them merely as random concepts that we need to consider when trying to understand the origins of things. If we expect to change, though we must understand the body and the brain, we must first begin with the source of intelligence, the only source of free will. We must begin with the spirit. Our brain communicates with our body. The body does nothing without permission of the brain. However, our spirit, which communicates with God, governs the brain. Our spirit communicates with the brain and the body. When our spirit is in tune with God and our brain is in tune with our spirit and our body is in tune with our brain, then we are truly free. We are only in danger when we become past feeling. That is when the body and brain take over metaphorically. The spirit never dies. However, the spirit can be bullied into silence by neglect. My advice is if you want to improve your health, feed the spirit with the truths of the gospel of Christ found in Holy Scripture. Feed the brain with the greatest knowledge man can provide. And feed the body with foods that science has proven to be necessary for bodily health and you have truly found the holy grail of happiness. Those who feed the body but not the brain are gluttons. Those who feed the brain but not the spirit are slaves to the whims of man, which changes with the fashions. Those who feed the spirit but not the brain and the body become sentimentalists and cut themselves off from the mysteries of God, the gift of man, and the joys of life. In this podcast, I shall only address random thought number one, habit. In succeeding podcasts, I shall list other concepts related to overcoming addictions. Random thought number one, habits. Do not create a vacuum. Replace bad behavior with good behavior. Bad habits with good habits. A bad environment with a good environment. Negative thoughts with positive thoughts and bad friends with good friends. Create an environment of success. Search for environments that support success, that are in harmony with the person you want to become. Many are familiar with the as-if principle. Act as if you already were that person and you will soon become that person. We are made of clay, not stone. We do not want to be part of a petrified forest. So what if you can't teach an old dog new tricks? We are not dogs. Solomon teaches us, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7 why did Solomon say, as he thinketh in his heart, rather than as he thinketh in his mind? Does he not understand anatomy, or does his wisdom penetrate deeper than most? Think for a moment of the avenues of information that enter our brain. We have eyes, ears, nose, touch, taste, logic, feelings, spirit, emotions, experience. Where do I stop? Let's take sound for an example. 
We think we hear language, words, noise, animals, and thousands of other sounds. But that is metaphorical. Sound creates waves that enter the ear and are interpreted by the brain. The same is true with light waves. The amazing images from the Hubble telescope aren't photographs at all, but waves of light interpreted by a computer. When I edit these podcasts, I edit with my eyes as well as my ears. Even without my headphones, I can interpret the sound waves on the computer screen. I know which waves to edit out without even using my headphones. In some cases, I can even tell what word or phrase the wave group represents. In a very real sense, I hear with my eyes. I can see a cough, for example. It is a rather ugly image of jumbled waves. When I make a mistake in recording, I say, Take two. I know what the sound wave that represents take two looks like. Therefore, I can edit them out quickly without having to listen to the phrase, which is slower. The point I am making is that Solomon is right. We can think with our heart just as easily as we think with our brain or with our eyes or with our ears. We just have to know the language of the heart. We translate the world as filtered to us through our senses. It takes a great effort to ensure that we translate the world correctly. Look what a computer can do with zeros and ones. And we are far more complex than a computer. We should never give science the authority to teach us of spiritual things. In a lab, their white suits are so smart and fit so well. But when they enter into the chapel of our heart, their white suits shrink, cutting off all oxygen, and they babble nonsense. We must rid ourselves of the notion that this world is deterministic. That is a foolish idea based on false analogy. Scientists compare us to animals, to robots, and to machines. We are all of those things, yet none of those things. They are part of our complex body, but not the major part. They are useful analogies that help us understand a small part of what it means to be human, nothing more. The major part is our intelligence, which is part of the spirit, not the body or the brain. Intelligence is the seed of knowledge, the source of free will, not the brain. And that is why, as long as we have breath, we can change. Everything flows through our intelligence. Our intelligence understands the language of the senses, the language of the brain, and the language of the heart. If you want to change, before you change your mind, change your heart, and everything else will follow. Remember Solomon's profound words, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It is easier to change your mind than it is to change your heart, as most of us discover. Logic comes from the brain. Wisdom comes from the heart. But so does a lot of other things. Most of us know what it is like to singe our tongue. It becomes momentarily insensitive to taste. When you singe your heart, you become past feeling. Singeing your tongue is unfortunate. Singeing your heart is tragic. Paul speaks of having our conscience seared with a hot iron. Conscience is more related to the heart than to any other organ in the body, even the brain. Failure is often an attitude rather than an act. I cannot often means I will not. All addictions are based on repetition of bad habits. It is not always easy to separate that which is addictive from that which is merely habitual. Is addiction cerebral, emotional, physical, psychological, habitual, or spiritual? Regardless, it is still an addiction. Those who have tried to break a bad habit soon discover what a hold it has over them. We must work on our perceptions and not be too quick to accept another's reality. Truth is absolute. That universal truth is also at the core of all my reasoning. 
There is a reality, and we must find it. Otherwise, we will be, in James' words, like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.